good afternoon or good morning or whatever time it is where you are and uh, welcome back to the show. Today we've got a really stacked episode that I'm probably going to split up the recording of um, in two or three different parts. Um, You can already tell from the title but I'm going to be talking about September 2022 And uh, if you're new to the show, uh, my main focus um, of the show is to, uh, once a month, I make an episode about the new releases uh, that came out in the previous month, and I pick my five favorites, and then also before I do that, I talk about everything else I listen to. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for this, um, because of every month out of the year, and um, Probably for the rest of the year, this has been the busiest month as far as new releases, at least, you know, what's on my radar. Um, I think the only thing that comes close is probably April, which I think had about 35 uh, total releases uh, that I listened to. And I think this month we're ending up at pretty close to 40 Um, So yeah, I'm pretty stoked for it, and uh, getting into those now, uh, first up we've got Cry A Lot with Icarus, this is the new project from uh, Sarah Benito from Caro Caro Benito, Um, just some pretty cool, like almost hyper-pop leaning alternative pop stuff, kind of what you would expect from her at this point, but um definitely going in a different direction from KKB. I'm not really sure how to place uh, exactly what that direction is, but I like what she's doing here. Um, None of these songs really are super memorable to me, but the whole EP is a pretty solid little listen. Um, I've got this one at a 3.5 out of 5. Next up, we've got The Front Bottoms with Teresa, a new EP from The Front Bottoms. I'm not super well-versed in their material, but uh, from what I do know, this seems to be kind of up to snuff with uh, their usual folk, kind of punky, kind of emo thing. Um, Really cool lyrics on this, uh, really good performances from the band overall. Uh, Cool little EP, I've got it at a 4 out of 5. Then we've got uh, Two-Door Cinema Club with Keep On Smiling. you know, indie pop legends, Two Door Cinema Club, put out uh, Taurus History a little over 10 years ago now, and that's a still a classic indie pop record in my eyes, and this one, while not coming anywhere close to what that album did, like that album to me is a 5 out of 5, this one is more like laid back and vibey, and it's, it's a nice little summary album uh, to kind of... Uh, take summer out with a bang um but not really a bang because it doesn't really blow me away but um it's 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 fine while it's on i've got it at a three to a 3.5 out of five uh up after that we've got uh young blood with uh his new self-titled record which i honestly wasn't a huge fan of uh most of the songs here just kind of sound like billy idol and it's got this really like sugary production and his voice is just too sugary for me. Um, I don't have anything against him as a person. He seems like a an okay dude. I don't know that much about him, but uh, just really not into the music. The uh, vocals especially get grating after a while. Um, yeah, I've got this one only at like a 1.5 out of 5. 
Uh, then we've got Motroper with MTV, kind of a mix between like Sparkle Horse, um, especially the album uh, Good Morning Spider, and uh, then some kind of power pop elements, and then a lot of like really weird, kind of noisy elements. Um, and you know, I like the kind of Sparkle Horse, kind of power pop thing, but the latter like noisy elements kind of get grating after a while and this is another case of the vocals just really not working for me um I like some of the songwriting enough to put this at like a 2.5 out of 5 but like I said some of the kind of more out there experimental stuff just really does not work with me uh moving on from there we've got Ginger Root with uh Nisimono uh, I believe that's how you pronounce that um, I talked about the City Slicker EP back in my very first episode, and uh, while I don't love this EP as much as that one, I still do really enjoy this one. Um, it's more of the pretty standard, like, retro city pop thing that you would kind of expect from him at this point. Um, it's got some really great tracks on it, like Loneliness, um, really love the cool little intros and outros. I always love his aesthetic, I love the kind of... Uh, story that all of the music videos around this album uh was trying to tell and uh yeah this one I've got out of uh 4.5 out of 5 uh really cool fun little EP very vibey very fun uh wanted to do a full on review of this but there were just so many good releases um and uh you know I won't spoil it yet but I've got four five star records um in my picks um, so there was a lot of competition, so uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, for now, up next, we've got Preoccupations, uh, I believe formerly uh, Viet Cong, with their new album Arrangements. Um, some pretty decent, like, experimental post-punk stuff. Um, another instance of the experimental just not really working out for me so well. Um, but I like some of the songs in the first half of the album especially, um, I guess I've got this one out of 3 out of 5. Then we've got Santa Gold with Spirituals. Um, pretty nice little alternative R&B record. Um, kind of one of those records that works as just a whole record, like from start to finish. I can't really pick out certain songs from it, but um, I definitely enjoy it a little bit while it's on. Um, another one that I've got at a 3 to a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, then we've got Sudan Archives with Natural Brown Prom Queen. Uh, another pretty uh, artsy alternative R&B record. This one's really long, which is kind of a detriment for me. But I, I do appreciate uh, what she was trying to go for here. And I love the song Homemaker. Uh, definitely one of my favorite songs of the year. And it's a fun record. I, I kind of prefer this one over the Santa Gold one. It's It's pretty different, too as an overall vibe, but like I said, just way too long, um, I've got it at a 3.5 out of 5, uh, then we've got Blood Orange with a new EP, love me some Blood Orange, uh, Swan and Coastal Grooves are two of my all-time favorite records, um, but this record still feels kind of like what he was doing with Angel's Pulse, which was a mixtape, so it feels weird to compare it to, like, the albums or whatever, but it was kind of my least favorite thing he's done up to this point, but I, I still kind of liked it, but, you know, like I said, my bar is pretty high for Blood Orange. 
Uh, but I've got this little EP at like a 3.5 out of 5. Um, I really like the song Jesus Freak Lighter. That feels more in line to what he normally does. Um, but yeah, moving on from there. Death Cab for Cutie with Asphalt Meadows. And this one I've got somewhere between a 4 and a 4.5 out of 5. It's kind of what you would expect from Death Cab, but he's trying a lot of different things. There's like some spoken word stuff. Um, some kind of like, it's kind of that standard indie rock stuff that you would kind of expect from Death Cab at this point. Uh, some pretty cool like experimental electronic stuff here and there. Some kind of surf rocky kind of stuff. Um, it's definitely all over the place and, uh, I want to give it some more listens um, because I didn't like it as much as I expected to. I really loved the singles Roman Candle and Roman Candles and uh, Here to Forever and the rest of the album maybe didn't live up to that as much as I wanted it to, but still a really good record for what it is. Uh, like I said, four and four point five out of five somewhere in there. Uh, Rina Sawayama is up next with Hold the Girl. Um, another record I didn't like as much as I wanted to. I loved the kind of almost country-leaning pop single, uh, This Hell. And I love some of her early singles like Ordinary Superstar and uh, Cyber Stockholm Syndrome. I think two, those two songs are two of the best pop songs to come out in quite a long time. And uh, same with This Hell, which got me pretty excited for this record. But I don't know. This record feels more like straightforward from what she was you know, doing on the last record where she was incorporating, like, dance music and also new metal and other shit like that, um, which I, I thought that was a cool record, too, um, but I don't know, this one is just, it's more of, like, a straightforward, it's kind of got, like, a 2000s, like, Kelly Clarkson thing, and I think, obviously, she's a really talented vocalist, and the vocals are pretty amazing on this record, but, um, as a full listen, I don't know how much I would go back to it. I've got it at a 3.5 to a 4 out of 5. Uh, then we've got Dijo, I guess that's how you say it. Um, it's uh, the guy who plays Steve on Stranger Things. Joe Keery, I think is his name. Um, it's his new album, Decide. And it's uh, some really cool, like, artsy, kind of 80s pop stuff. I hear a little bit of, like, Peter Gabriel, a little bit of Sparks, uh, some of their 80s stuff. Um, he's got a really cool, like, infectious kind of persona that he puts on for this record, and it's a lot of fun. Um, again, not a record that I can see myself getting obsessed with, but it's a really solid little release. Um, I've got it at a 4 out of 5. Um, would love to go back to it at some point, but I'm pretty excited for what he's going to do in the future. Uh, then we've got Lissy with Carving Canyons. Uh, pretty decent, like, folk and country-ish, like singer-songwriter record. Again, nothing that, like, blows me away, but, uh, really solid writing, uh, really solid production, uh, good vocals, uh, 3.5 out of 5. Then we've got a new EP from Little Dragon, Opening the Door. Um, just the most down-the-middle kind of indie pop record, or indie pop EP I could really imagine from Little Dragon. Um, I do really like the song with uh, Jid or J-I-D. I'm not sure how you're supposed to say that. Um, but everything else is just kind of there. Which it's only like three songs. But uh, I don't know. I've got it at a three out of five. Then we've got the Mars Volta with 
um, their new self-titled record, which, um, you know, I don't know a whole lot about the Mars Volta, which maybe makes me lose a little bit of my indie cred. Um, but I know for a fact this is more like straightforward indie pop stuff from the kind of uh, really like virtuoso guitar shit that they're normally associated with doing. Um, I know this is a pretty far cry from that, and it's pissing a lot of people off. And I mean, I didn't hate the record. I just thought it was kind of like there. It just kind of exists. Um, it's good for what it is. Um, I've got it at a three out of five. Uh, then we have Marcus Mumford with his self-titled record, which, you know, I, I still don't think this thing is like perfect or anything, but I definitely enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would, given that I'm not a huge Mumford & Sons fan. But this felt really raw and just stripped down, which, I mean, I did expect, but like in a different way than I expected from him. Uh, some really cool songs with Phoebe Bridgers on this thing. I really like how raw and emotional and upfront his voice is on here and I'm excited to hear more of his solo stuff. Um, I've got this one at a 3.5, could maybe be a 4 out of 5 someday. Uh, then we've got the Murlocs with Rapscallion, uh, kind of in the same world as King Giz and uh, it's, I don't know, kind of got like a throwback 60s like garage rock, almost like Captain Beefheart kind of thing, like early Captain Beefheart. And uh, it doesn't blow me away or anything, but it's still fun for what it is. It's a just a good thing to have on while you're just, you've got some friends over and you want some just cool, like, kind of throwback, kind of psychedelic rock music to have on. Um, I've got it at a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, then we've got Maggie Lindemann with Sucker Punch, which is a really fun, like, infectious, just loud and in-your-face kind of pop and, like, new metal crossover uh, really like her vocals on this. Um, it's definitely a little bit too long, but the first half of the album keeps me pretty engaged. Um, really enjoyed that half of the album in particular. And uh, yeah, I've got this one at a 3.5 out of 5. Then we've got The Befs with Expert in a Dying Field. Um, got this one at 4 stars. Really enjoyed this. Just some kind of sunny and easily just digestible indie pop rock kind of a little bit of a post-punk vibe kind of the talk singing thing but the vocals are just so sweet to the ears and the instrumentals just sound so sunny and nice like I said um really pleasant listen four out of five then we've got Whitney with Spark which is just uh I don't know it's just a Whitney album um just those kind of signature falsetto vocals and kind of laid back guitars and laid back keyboards got a little bit of a uh like a michael mcdonald uh yacht rock sound to it uh nothing i would really go back to but it's it's fine for what it is i've got it at a three out of five then we've got young jesus with shepherd heads some kind of cool you know speaking of peter gabriel kind of cool like art pop throwback stuff a little bit of talk talk here and there um, not too crazy about it, but it's fine. Uh, three out of five. Then we've got Lou Reed with a new archival release, Words and Music, 1965. Uh, you've got John Cale singing with him on here. Uh, like the title suggests, just some really early demos of some pretty classic Velvet Underground songs. Um, kind of cool to hear the roots of some of these songs, like Heroin and Pale Blue Eyes, and their performances are really endearing and I mean, it's obviously just like a homemade tape, so it feels weird to even, like, give it a score, so I probably won't, but 
I still wanted to shout it out just because, you know, I, I am a huge fan of Lou Reed, and while I probably won't listen to this thing again, it's still cool to, like, go back and hear where these songs came from. Uh, then we have Jessie Jo Stark with Doomed. Um, I really love her song Mystery, and I was kind of expecting the rest of this record to have that surfy, kind of hazy indie rock vibe that that song has, and while some of it does, some of it goes in more of a pop direction, and, uh, I kind of prefer the, like, surfy indie rock thing, to be honest, but, um, when this album is really good, it's really good, but there are some moments that I'm just kind of, like, indifferent towards, um, so I've got this one out of 3.5 out of 5, then we've got Ice Age with a new outtakes and b-sides collection called Shake the Feeling, and, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it, really. I mean, if you like the bluesy kind of post-punk sound of Ice Age, then you'll probably like this. It's all from when they started doing more of the Nick Cave thing. Um, it's pretty cool for what it is. Um, I'm a pretty huge Ice Age fan, so I'm probably biased in their favor. But I've got this one at a 3.5 to a 4 out of 5. Then we've got Divino Nino's uh, new album, Last Spot on Earth. Uh, I really loved this band's uh, last album. I believe it was their first album, or maybe it was their second, um, from like 2019 or 2020. Uh, loved that song, Coca-Cola. I still listen to it all the time. Uh, kind of had like an indie, like really drowned out, like surf rock kind of thing. Uh, with a cool kind of twist on it. I'm not really sure what that twist was, but... Whatever they were doing, it was kind of, it was really cool. Kind of like hypnagogic, like it almost feels like it could be in the same world as like Ariel Pink or something. Um, but uh, their new record here is uh, a little more dancey, a little more poppy. Uh, you can definitely tell they're trying to like branch out and do new things. And while I don't love it as much, I still do, th uh, do think it's a pretty fun listen. Um, I don't really think there's anything I dislike on it. Um, kind of want it to grow on me a little bit. Uh, maybe it will become one of my favorites, because uh, like I said, I loved their last record. Um, but it, it's still really cool for what it is. I, I've honestly got it at a 4 out of 5. Um, um, gonna go back to it at some point, like I said. Uh, moving on from there, uh, we've got uh, Freddie Gibbs with Soul Sold Separately. Uh, really liked the last Freddie album, Alfredo. And while this one I maybe uh, am not as much of a fan of, um, it's still a really cool, just uh, kind of like throwback hip-hop record uh, with some really cool kind of soul samples and uh, really cool production, really cool like overarching story. I'm not even sure what the story is exactly. I think it's like Freddy going off into space and hanging out with space rabbits or some shit. It, it's really goofy and, like, tongue-in-cheek. Um, I really loved the promo that he did for this record. Like, there's a one uh, where he was doing, like, an infomercial for the greatest love songs of all time, and he's just, like, making up lyrics to these really famous love songs and just, like, butchering them on purpose and just being really goofy. And uh, his sense of humor is all over this record. Uh, it's a really fun listen. I uh, really love the song, Space Rabbit. Um, and I love the opening track as well. Um, four out of five record, maybe like a 3.5. I don't know. It's kind of in between. Uh, fun listen. Uh, kind of leaning towards, I would probably rather listen to Alfredo, like I said. But uh, uh, he did a good job on it regardless. I, I can't say anything bad about it. Uh, then we've got Londe Hecht. Uh, 
not sure how to pronounce that, with a house without a view. Uh, kind of a jangly, like, 90s throwback kind of indie rock record. I'm not really sure how to place it exactly. Um, cool production on it. Uh, really good vocal performances. Uh, not sure how many of these songs really stick out to me, but uh, as a overall listen, I still think it's a pretty fun one. Um, and I would recommend it to, you know, anyone who likes that kind of, like, it's almost got like a replacements thing, but, you know, you know, like later replacements, early 90s kind of replacements, um, like their last few records, I guess. Um, it's kind of the headspace that it puts me in. So if you like that kind of stuff, uh, definitely give it a spin. I've got it at a 3.5 out of 5. Um, probably going to get in hot water for the next one, but I've got Bjork uh, with Fossora. I've only got this one at a 3 out of 5, and... Look, I, I love Bjork as a person. I really respect her artistry. I think she's extremely unique, extremely interesting, just a one-of-a-kind figure in the music world. But anything after, like, I don't know, the first four albums, especially, like, debut and post, it's kind of like, I look at it like, I don't know, I look at her albums as these really cool, just intense, very, like, well-crafted like paintings or something like that that I can really appreciate but I just have a hard time like emotionally connecting with like I think she obviously puts a lot of thought and a lot of work into her records but they just don't really vibe with me or connect with me and I, I get that they're not supposed to and there are hundreds of people that they do connect with and like I said I really admire her as a person but I just don't really have any strong feelings one way or another on this record. Um, I liked the first single that she put out for this record, but other than that, like, it's just kind of there for me. It exists, and uh, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll, I'll get into everything after, like, the 90s and early 2000s, but for now I'm just kind of stumped on it. I, I definitely don't hate it. I see why people love it, but it just... It's not super my thing. Um, like I said, three out of five, just kind of in the middle for me, neither here nor there. Uh, then we've got Off with Free LSD. Another record I really just don't have anything to say about. It's just kind of like a, I don't know, it just feels like a pretty straightforward punk rock record with uh, these overarching concepts about UFOs and conspiracies. Uh, I mean, the performances are really well done, and the vocals are pretty good, but I just, I have no strong feelings for it, just like the Bjork record, but obviously a very different genre. Um, I've got this one at like a 3, maybe even like a 2.5 out of 5. Uh, winding it down here, just a few more left before we get into the big ones. We've got Pixies with Dog Roll. Of course, you know I did my uh, Pixies album ranking a while back. And uh, to me, this is just another, like, latter-day Pixies record that's pretty good. I mean, I think people are a little too harsh on them just because, you know, nowadays, just because they want, like, another Doolittle. But if you just let that shit go and realize they're not going to make another Surfer Rosa or Doolittle, and you just appreciate what they're putting out as these older people, I mean, they're middle-aged now, they're not going to make the same records they made when they were, like, in their 20s. If you just accept that, then you'll accept that this is just really well-made, like, alternative 
indie rock stuff. Um, I really love the single There's a Moon On. Um, I think this is a pretty good little record. I kind of feel the same way about it as I do um, Beneath the Irie from 2019, which was their last record. It's just really solid, really fun for what it is. Uh, not going to change the game or anything. Not going to like convert uh, anyone to being a new fan, but it's good for what it is. I, I have a lot of fun listening to it. I've got it at a four out of five. Uh, then we have Pretty Sick with Make Me or Makes Me Sick, Makes Me Smile. Some really cool, kind of like grungy, like whole Courtney Love throwback, kind of 90s rock stuff. Um, really cool vocals with a lot of attitude. Really cool, just like I said, 90s rock instrumentation. Um, you know, not a record I can pick out a lot of different songs from. Uh, I really like Human Condition, I guess, if I have to pick one, which is the first single, I believe. Um, everything else just kind of sounds like that. It's a really cool, just raw kind of fun, like I said, 90s throwback record. Um, really good for what it is. Um, I like the other stuff that I've heard from this band too. Like I think the song, there's a song called Superstar that Hannah showed me that I'm really into that. And um, yeah, it's, it's a good little record. I kind of feel the same way I do uh, about this one as I do with the Pixies. It's really solid, fun for what it is, doesn't blow me away. Uh, four out of five. Uh, then we've got Slipknot with the end so far. And uh, this one... So I appreciate this one for what it is. Um, I think it's got some pretty killer stuff on it that kind of reminds me of the good old days, like the uh, self-titled in Iowa in Volume 3. Um, and there are some pretty interesting moments on here that don't really sound like what they would normally do. Like the opening track reminds me a lot of Pink Floyd for some reason. Um, it's a pretty cool, like, hard-hitting record. Um, it's kind of like in the Pixies in a way, in the Pixies record in a way, where I don't think it's going to, like, convert anyone into being a new fan, but... If you're already in for the Slipknot ride, then you'll probably find something to enjoy. And they definitely try some new things here. It gets kind of more experimental than uh, you're probably used to for the band. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of at a 3.5 out of 5 for it. Um, really like some songs on it. Some I could kind of take or leave. But uh, yeah, 3.5 out of 5 for this new Slipknot. Then we have uh, two more here, uh, Jockstrap with I Love You, Jennifer B. Um, another record that, uh, I don't know, it kind of stumps me a little bit, like the Bjork one. It's been getting a lot of praise online. Uh, kind of a mixture of like art pop and chamber pop. I don't know why I was expecting this to be like a hyper pop record, because it's not that at all. Um, but it's kind of just... I don't know. I don't I don't have any strong feelings for it. There are a lot of records this month that I just don't feel any particular strong way about, and this is another one. And uh, I've got this one out of three out of five. It, it's decent, but uh, just doesn't do a whole lot for me. And then lastly, before we get into the picks, we've got No Age with People Helping People. Uh, kind of a noisy, like a noise pop indie record. Um, I kind of remember their album Nouns from like over 10 years ago and I remember feeling the same way about that one as I do with this one. It just kind of, it exists. I mean there are a lot of records like I said this month that just exist and don't do a whole lot else for me. Um, 
I like the overall soundscape this one has, but just doesn't blow me away. It's kind of nice to just have on in the background. Uh, yeah, no H, people helping people, three out of five. Uh, pretty cool, uh, but nothing amazing, like I said. And uh, yeah, we're about to wind it down and get into the five big ones. So first up, we've got, you guessed it, you saw it coming. We've got Built to Spill with When the Wind Forgets Your Name. It's been absolutely no secret uh, how much I love this band. I've spoken about them on the show a few dozen times already. Um, they're arguably my favorite band. Um, but of course, that's a really difficult label to use. Um, but the reason I do like to say that is... I don't know, they just kind of feel like home to me. Um, I think it's a very comfortable music for me. And uh, I'm not the type to just stop at the 90s stuff. Um, I mean, that stuff is incredible, but I think they've been very consistent and they've made even more stellar albums in the 2000s and 2010s, like You in Reverse, There Is No Enemy, and Untethered Moon. Um, and they're just a band that basically defines indie rock for me. Um, not only that, but they have overall my favorite electric guitar sound, aside from, uh, of course, Dinosaur Jr., who I've um, given a lot of praise to as well. Um, and I just love Doug's voice. Um, I find their songs to be so well-crafted, the complex ones as well as the more simple ones. And uh, lastly, I love what all of the rotating members have brought to the band over the years. And, you know, speaking of rotating members, they've kicked it into overdrive as far as that goes. Um, I believe the lineup has changed three or four times since the last official record in 2015. Uh, not counting the Daniel Johnston uh, covers album, which I do love. Um, but uh, the lineup you hear on this record actually isn't even there anymore. Um, it was uh, Lei and uh, Zhao or Yao uh, from the band Orua, which I'm not. I'm probably not uh, pronouncing those names correctly, and I apologize for that. Um, but either way, they they kick ass all over this thing. They do such a good job, and. Uh, I think also the live band he has now with uh, Melanie and Teresa is just a perfect match. Um, he just keeps finding the best players. And um, I think, you know, as a live act now, they're really knocking this power trio thing out of the park. And like I said, the um, two guys he had on this album itself, you know, the studio musicians he had here are also just incredible. Um, but yeah, getting into the songs, we've got Gonna Lose, which kicks the album off with arguably the band's most psychedelic endeavor yet. Uh, lyrics like, what could be more disorienting than being on acid in a dream? And you've got that classic Doug fuzzy guitar sound, but this time there's an extra element that I can't really place. Um, I remember when I heard this song for the first time and I heard that riff. Um, I don't know, I just knew it was something special and... Um, I immediately was trying to learn it on my own guitar. And, uh, you know, this song is actually pretty short, too, for a Built to Spill song at only two minutes and some change because, you know, aside from, like, obviously there's nothing wrong with love, which I've given so much praise for, um, they're known for having a lot of really long, spaced-out, jammy songs, and there are a few of those on here, but, um, you know, this only being, like, two minutes long is pretty shocking, but... I think it's also like a 
there's a sort of strength to that for this song. Uh, then you have Fool's Gold, which is uh, already a classic in the catalog, if you ask me. That electric guitar with that heavy tremolo effect and Doug's classic voice. Um, it's a mellow rocker with a pretty heavy, like, 60s-influenced sound. Uh, that Just a Dream chorus is straight out of the 60s, um, as well as those overdubbed strings and uh, those two or three kind of bluesy guitar solos. Um, I also just love those lines. Fool's gold made me rich for a little while. Don't matter what they say, I'm going to break my heart someday. Um, and I, I don't know, I just love how open-ended this band's lyrics are. Um, it's something that's really special and unique to me about them. Not that they're the only band that, you know, does that, but just the way Doug Marsh in particular just applies his lyrics is very interesting to me. And uh, he'll always say that he's just kind of pulling stuff out of his head, just kind of writing almost like subconsciously. And uh, I, I think that's a really interesting approach. And uh, it's something that I've been pretty inspired by, like with my own writing pretty recently. Um, also, the music video for this song is just hilarious. Um, I'm not even going to try to explain what it is, but just please go watch it. Um, it. He has just such a funny, just amazing sense of humor. Um, moving on to the next track, we have Understood. The uh, drums on this song are an absolute beast. Um, and you're, you're coming in with a lot of incredible fills here. Um, this song being another really solid, jangly rocker with a... Uh, Lyrics referencing uh, Evil Knievel's nearly fatal stunt in Twin Falls, Idaho, which is famously Doug's hometown. Um, you've got lines like, It's been a long time since we took a trip to the bottom of a canyon in a rocket ship. Uh, the way he reaches pretty high for some of those notes and the vocals is great. You usually don't hear him trying to go that high, um, and I think it works out really well here. Uh, then things really skyrocket into space for the next track, Elements, the most grand celestial moment on the whole record. The track clocking in at about six minutes long, it gives the track time to breathe and expand with all kinds of interesting sounds that we really haven't heard on a Built to Spill record. Uh, primarily that super like 60s sounding organ over top of this slow circulating guitar and each verse seemingly being about the four different elements. Um, it's just as grand and rewarding to me as uh, any of those long extended spacey jams that you would find on like Perfect From Now On, you know, like Randy described Eternity or, you know, something like that. Velvet Waltz also comes to mind. Just really celestial and just mm, chef's kiss. I, I love it so much. Uh, then we have Rock Steady, which is incredible. The uh, title and groove of the song pretty clearly coming from Doug's known love of reggae music. I think he said that it's like its favorite, his favorite type of music. Uh, the bass is bouncing and so fun. The drums are simple, but a force of nature for what they are. Uh, the wailing organ or simp sound and is great. And of course, throw in that epic, like staple electric guitar sound. Um, but overall, um, of all the different elements of this song, I probably resonate with the lyrics on this one um, more than any other track on this album. Um, obviously, it's not the type of songwriting that hits you on the head, like I said before, but it comes off to me as just dealing with the uncertainty of life. Um, I love the lines, 
I don't want to be constantly taking these long, hard looks at myself. This psychology has been inside of me. I don't know how to be anybody else. Uh, and then you also have the lines, God don't ever help anyone. He's too busy working in mysterious ways. Um, the buildup of this track with all of the intensity at the end gives all of these lyrics so much emotion too. It's just an incredible song. Uh, it's got a really cool music video. It's kind of like the Gonna Lose video. I think it has like the same uh, animator who did uh, both of them. Um, but the best showcase for the extreme talent of the whole band, in my opinion, is on the track Spiderweb. I get chills every single time I hear this song. Um, it feels like the climax of the record if you have to pick just one. It's mostly guided by this great echo on the vocals, your jangly guitar chords, absolutely roaring bass, powerful crashing drums, and then... Of course, Doug taking moments to absolutely rip the shit out of the guitar, uh, providing some of the best and most emotive soloing in the band's whole career. Um, it's honestly hard for me to not just tear up and get emotional when I hear that part in the middle of the song, um, especially with that squealing guitar. Um, I mean, good lord, there's a reason why people have just sought after achieving his sound for years and years and years. And uh, I, I love that part near the end of the song where the groove kind of falls apart and it gets into this kind of like Velvet Underground and Nico type of like uh, Mo Tucker, like robotic drum beat. And then the vocals get even more washed out and then it all just comes flooding back in and you've got a, that really amazing pick guitar lead that just takes the track right back out and it's just... Uh, maybe my favorite song on the whole album. It's just absolutely incredible. It, it makes me feel like, I don't know, it, it does what a song like Conventional Wisdom off of You in Reverse would do. It's just, it's, uh, I just have no words for it. Just, just check it out. If you don't check out any other song from this record, uh, definitely check out Spiderweb. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, then we have Never All Right, which uh, kicks off with a full force blast of that jangly guitar, of course. And then you've got these really kind of like twinkling harmonics as well as, the, as, well as these uh, hypnotic crashing drums. Um, later in the track, we even get these cool, hazy, upbeat moments that sort of remind me of like a Thin Lizzy song. Um, maybe I'm pulling that out of my ass. Um, and you've also got that great underwater sounding moment in the middle. Um, there are just so many great building elements to the song and, you know, I hate to be that guy to compare shit to people's older work, but the lyrics on this one do remind me of something off of like, keep it like a secret, um, like the line every day, everyone tells you everything you ought to be. I know that you don't believe them, but you take them so seriously. Uh, just classic Doug Marsh lines, just simple, but just straight to the point, And I love it for that. Uh, and then the song All Right comes next. Um, highly likely it was intended to be like the sister song to, you know, Never All Right and uh, like the flip of the coin, you know. Um, in fashion with the title, it takes on a more hopeful, positive, like way less angsty turn with Doug delivering lines like, we can make it all right today. We can have a new life. We could start a whole nother way. We can take it all back so we can say whatever we feel. And uh, you've got uh, that great Phil Spector style drum beat and that washed out, very like beachy tremolo guitar. 
There's also a gorgeous part with a flute or something that kind of reminds me of that uh, track, The Weather, from uh, Ancient Melodies. And uh, yeah, this, I mean, this just hit after hit after hit on this album. I love all of these songs so much. Um, but finally, we have Comes a Day as our final track. Um, the longest song on the whole album, clocking in at eight minutes. And it's a hell of an outro to this record. It kicks off with more of those drowned out fuzzy guitars that you just learn to love from this record. But you also get this incredible bass groove that just carries the whole song. It's funky as hell and just, I don't know, it sounds like you're just like walking through the park on a sunny day and you can just, you feel the heat on your skin. Um, and that groove just pretty much sticks around for the whole song. Um, and eventually you get this really awesome solo with a little bit of pedal steel, which you know I'm a sucker for. And uh, the track just builds and builds and builds until it gets so heavy by the end. And there's this really gorgeous piano and then everything goes kind of silent underneath the sound of talking. Um, and throughout the song, Doug, uh, Doug delivers more of these lyrics that just feels so real to the human experience, neither positive or negative, just kind of just straight to the point, just the way it is. Um, you've got the line, uh, you say it's lonely at the top for you with no one to share the view. Well, it's lonely at the bottom too. It's just more crowded and you'll never know because you'll never know what's real. We're all paralyzed with life. And when you realize that, you can realize what's real. Isn't there something we can buy besides our time? And, you know, I think that's a great way to just lead off the record. This is just a really incredible closer. Um, obviously, I, I've got to give this record a 5 out of 5. I've, I've given basically, like, almost everything they've done a 5 out of 5, maybe, if not all of them, you know. Um, and while this one in particular may not be my favorite Built to Spill record, um, it is yet another monster record to just carry on their legacy, um, as I said before, for my world, they basically define what emotive, pure indie rock is supposed to be, and I'm just fascinated by anything they do, even if other people see it as by the numbers, which I disagree with, but I, I don't know, even if it was formulaic um, and just kind of, you know, built to spill on autopilot, built to spill on autopilot is fucking incredible. But I, I, I do think that Doug Marsh really is pouring his heart into this stuff. Um, I think he's doing an absolutely killer job. And I think all of the tracks on here are just killer tracks. And uh, I love whatever this band continues to do. And I, I probably will forever. Um, I mean, they've been going for quite a while now, since uh, 1993, I believe. So, you know, going to love Built to Spill to the day that I die. I'm really happy I got into them. And... Uh, this is a great new record from them. Um, really excited to see uh, where it lands on my favorite albums of the year. Thinking it's going to be pretty, pretty high. Uh, not sure where yet, but I, I do love it to death. Uh, so yeah, that's Built to Spill with uh, When the Wind Forgets Your Name. Obviously, five stars. Just uh, already a classic record from them. You know I love them. Next up, we've got a very, very special one, um, another special one, you know, I just talked about Built to Spill um, being my favorite band. Now, this is one of my all-time favorite artists as well, 
And I'm talking about Alex G. I don't think I've talked about him in great detail on the show before. I believe I talked about um, in my Desert Island Records episode, I believe I talked about House of Sugar being really important to me. But um, yeah, his his music holds a very special place in my heart. Um, he's essentially the reason that I started talking to my fiance. Um, she posted one of his songs online, and I just replied to the story, not really knowing what was to follow. And the rest is basically history. And uh, we actually just caught him live uh, last week. We went to the show at the Hall River Ballroom here in North Carolina. A really gorgeous, uh, rustic venue, huge disco ball. Um, I believe they also use the venue for like weddings, so it just looks extremely fancy. Um, it's right on a river. I mean, it's called the Hall River Ballroom. So, uh, but yeah, just just absolutely incredible. And uh, the band put on a killer performance. They played about thirty songs. Um, the band was just hot fire. I mean, like everything about the show was just absolutely perfect. It was my second time uh, seeing Alex G. It was her first time. Um, she hadn't got a chance to see him until now. But he, uh, yeah, he played pretty much his whole new album, which I'm going to be talking about. Uh, it's called God Save the Animals. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was a massive, massive fan of House of Sugar. Um, it's honestly my favorite album of 2019. Um, if you asked me like a while ago, I would say Igor was my favorite. Uh, you know, Igor from Tyler, the creator, uh, was my favorite of 2019. But now, I don't know. House of Sugar is kind of... In hindsight, that one's kind of taking over for me, um, but I love this new one maybe just as much. Um, it's hard to say. Um, I've just always been really captivated by Alex's special blend of mystic imagery, rootsy down-to-earth folk and country, um, straight-up indie rock a lot of the time, um, and up until this point, I feel like he's at his most fleshed out as far as all of those sounds go. Um, and this record right here, I mean, I felt this way about House of Sugar too, but this record even more so, I don't know, it just feels so fully realized. Like, it feels like the ultimate Alex G record. Um, like, he just keeps outdoing himself when I don't, I feel like he can't do any better. Um, you know, that being said, I do love everything else this man has done, like going back to the older stuff like Trick, DSU, and a little more recently, Rocket is another huge favorite of mine. Um, but yeah, this this record right here, I mean, it just continues his seemingly never-ending hot streak. Um, it's like the perfect continuation of what he built during the last era, um, the way he just hones not only his classic homemade indie sound, but also just jumps around between a few different musical grounds just seamlessly. Um, you know, there are similar artists, of course, but no one does it quite like him. Um, he's like the prolific bedroom indie artist that most bedroom indie artists wish they could be. Um, as soon as this record was announced, I was absolutely psyched, to say the least. Uh, being a huge fan and Having to wait two to three years between albums can seem like way too long sometimes. And uh, the last record had me on the edge of my seat, but now I can just let this one soak in for a long time and I can keep getting more and more out of it with each listen, just like I did with 
House of Sugar, like I did with Rocket. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to get into the songs now, uh, track by track. Uh, first up, we have After All, which instantly hits you with uh, those folky guitars and this crisp drum beat that, of course, you know, people make this comparison a lot, but it, it does put me in the same headspace as like a an early 70s Neil Young record. Um, and then you have Alex singing in this kind of eerie falsetto that he likes to bring out from time to time. It may be a turnoff for some people. You know, people have complained about the different vocal effects and different ways of singing that he brings out on these albums. Um, but I, I don't know. For me, I think it's great. I absolutely love it. Um, and it brings a certain kind of grounded reality to his music that I just feel drawn to. Uh, the lyrics on this song mostly being this mantra, people come, people go away, yeah, but God with me, he stayed. It's comforting to me in the same way that like a church hymn could be for some people. And I mean, it, it literally sounds like it could be a church hymn, you know. Uh, moving on to the next track, we have Runner, which was the, I think, second single released a while back. And this track got me so excited for this record, like I said before. Um, it's one of the most joyous, fun songs I've ever heard. Um, when he opened with this song live, I, I got chills all over my body. Um, you know, he's singing in his normal voice on this one, and it's just an absolutely killer indie pop rock tune. I don't know. It's got a 90s feel to it, too, like most of his stuff, but especially this one. Like, you could almost imagine this being on the radio in the 90s. Um, everything on this track just sounds pristine from the opening clean electric guitar chords to when the vocals and all of the other instruments come in and uh, then the song goes on and you get those really weird like voice manipulations and Alex screaming where he's like I have done a couple bad or something like that um, and you know the lyrics are vague and that kind of classic Alex G style but I just presumed him to be about you know riding and dying for this person no matter what and um also this person in particular just getting the shit into the stick all the time um and like i said this song is just full of hooks between the my runner my runner my man and you know the the backup vocals going load it up know your trigger like the back of my hand and it's just i like there are so many earworms in this song. It's just so perfectly crafted, and it's only like two minutes of some change long. Uh, just hands down one of the best singles of the year, one of the best songs of the year, um, and it's going to be a strong contender when I do my songs of the year list, um, along with another one or two uh, on this record, which we will get to. Uh, moving on from there, we've got Mission, which is one of many songs on this record that seems to reference Alex's faith. Uh, you know, I mentioned that with the first song, After All. Um, of course, who knows what parts of this are truly, like, autobiographical. Um, but regardless, it's just incredible art. This one is a mellow folk rocker with a driving beat. And uh, the beginning of the track starts off with Alex sounding quite chill on the vocal delivery. And then by the end, he's low-key belting out. I did good, I stayed out of the heat, I did good, I kept it on track. Uh, there's a lot of emotion in his voice, and you have uh, his girlfriend, or fiance Molly, 
uh, giving this great chilling refrain here and there, which is a really nice contrast to the rest of the track. Uh, then you have SDOS, which kind of kicks off the usual, like, odd, mostly instrumental thing that you'll find off, you'll find at any Alex G record. Um, something that seems to piss a lot of people off, but I've always been intrigued by these little odds and ends on his records. Um, they're always an essential part of these strange paintings that the album makes, you know, just like the paintings that make up his album artwork and uh, the packaging and all of that. And, uh, you know, I said mostly instrumental just because there are a few lyrics here, but they're so drowned in effects in one part that make them sort of blend in with the music. And then there's this odd auto-tune part. Uh, you get more auto-tune soon. Um, but yeah, I, I love this track. I, I don't care. I know this isn't for everybody, but it is for me. And uh, you just got to love this guy. Uh, no Bitterness continues the auto-tune. Um, there's basically a whole experimental kind of auto-tune suite in the middle of this record. Um, but this song in particular finds Alex singing in that auto-tune over top of these really jazzy piano chords and jittering drum beats, um, as well as these reversed little sound effects that remind me of something you would hear on like, I don't know, Revolution 9. I know that's kind of a basic comparison, but, uh, I don't know. And then by the end of the track, you've got like hyper pop, like electronic shit, uh, whatever it is, it just sounds so unique and cool. Um, this song really went crazy live. Um, I feel like it, you know, it's amazing here on the album, but it was just like a different world entirely hearing it live. Um, I just love those full on electronic beats that just wash over you. And then it goes right back into that weird little like folky jazz instrumental um, this man's got some great outside-of-the-box ideas, and I just love the way he executes them. Ain't It Easy sounds as eerie and dark as ever. This gloomy-ass instrumental with some of the little loops you hear from the last song, and these circulating minor guitar chords, and then you have Alex pairing his voice with that odd pitched-up vocal that he likes to pull out. The lyrics still vague, but seemingly tense, like, uh... In this song, it feels like he's trying to like force normalcy with this person, but something is just bubbling underneath, and something is very wrong. Uh, you've got the lines, Come home to me, uh, reruns on TV, now you sit with me, I keep you safe. And then later on, you have, I should have known you lost control, working every night till dawn, find you sleeping with the headlights on. Um, moving on from there, uh, we've got Cross the Sea, the first time I heard this song, I was slightly taken aback. Um, it kind of reminded me of hearing Sports Star from DSU for the first time. Just knowing that you like it, but also being like, I've never heard anything like this before. Um, and, you know, given the title of this track, it marries this obvious, like, seaside kind of sound with electronic elements and acoustic guitar and he's in full-on auto-tune mode here like all the way through um and it seems to be a love song only in the way that he could write it um but what really makes this track for me are those kind of ghoulish backing vocals that pop up here and there they're just so haunting but also kind of comforting in a way um and then you have that incredible jarring loud electronic outro which 
leads us perfectly into the next song, Blessing, which is, this song just went so fucking hard live, and uh, for whatever reason, he just walked around the stage just screaming, we are farmers, we are farmers, you know, like the commercial, um, it, it was it was amazing, I don't even have words for it, but, you know, the studio track itself is still one of the most kick-ass things I've ever heard, um, probably his strangest musical left turn since, I guess, like, Brick from the album Rocket, which he also performed live, and it, it went so crazy, um, but yeah, this thing is bordering on, like, a late 90s or early 2000s new metal song, which is just awesome, because I've been really diving into that style of music lately, uh, you've got those searing guitars that just intensify throughout the track, as well as this pounding drum beat, which is perfect for getting your blood pumping. And then you have Alex just whispering this hypnotic refrain in the creepiest way that every day is a blessing as I walk through the mud. And then you have like the occasional like, huh, that little sound that comes and goes. It's just, this track is absolutely incredible. It's so much fun to listen to and just sing along to. And it's a good like workout song. Like it just gets my energy flowing like every single time I hear it. Uh, moving on from there, we've got Early Morning Waiting, which uh, has this quick driving drum beat underneath some piano and electric guitar flourishes. Uh, later in the track, you get some great violin, uh, kind of putting you in that hypnotic trance that something like that little solo in you know, the song Bobby from a few years ago uh, would do. Um, it's a really simple track that's fully fleshed out by fantastic performances from the whole band. The backing vocals are also as lovely as you would expect. Um, they're always on point for him, though, in my opinion. Um, Immunity is another great folk rock and electronic blend with lyrics that are, you know, in his style, like I said, pretty vague. But you have obvious references to vaccines and the conspiracies around them. Kind of reminds me of like the uh, Viagra Boys record a little bit with all of those lyrics. Um if I have to choose, I guess it would be my least favorite on the record um, after the next song. Um, but it's still really good for what it is, and that glitchy guitar outro near the end is really interesting. Uh, and that next song I mentioned, Headroom Piano, kind of just feels like of a piece with the instrumentals that you would find on House of Sugar. Like, you kind of aren't going to get everything you're going to get from this track on the first listen. The more you listen to this album the more you'll kind of understand this track's place on the album like you probably won't listen to it on its own uh, but it's still really cool for what it is and I think it provides sort of a nice like bridge between you know the last few songs and then this next song which I'm about to talk about um, a really cool little kind of not an interlude but it basically serves as an interlude um, and that next song I was talking about is Miracles. Um, honestly, this one, it, it could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Runner for being my favorite song on the whole record. It, it might be the number one for me. Um, this was the last single released before the whole record was out. Um, and honestly, this song may even be the most like fully realized, beautiful, down-to-earth, and emotionally affecting track that he's ever released, at least in my eyes. 
um, you can really feel that he's, you know, pushing 30 years old and that he's getting older with grace. And, you know, that resonates a lot with me settling into the last few years of my 20s. Of course, I'm not quite where he's at yet, but getting on up there, you know, not saying I'm old. I'm still very young, I know, but I'm getting older is the point. But enough about me. Uh, musically, the song is beautiful. It's as country as Alex has ever gotten, starting off with that plucked, folky guitar, and then those crisp drums and bass and that fiddle, which all together give it this, you know, like I said before, that like harvest era Neil feeling. And the vocal delivery is very raw, very upfront and emotional. And uh, he's, he's singing kind of higher than usual here, almost with a crack in his voice at times. Um, the lyrics are so vivid and beautiful. Um, they hit close to home in my personal life. And they just have this like everyday rural kind of feeling that is just unmatched and extremely bittersweet. Uh, my favorite parts being you and me, we got better pills than ecstasy. They're miracles and crosses. And then you also have the part, I have fears that I have not addressed. She says, some things from my past make me feel powerless. Well, baby, I pray for the children and the sinners and the animals too. And I pray for you. Uh, just uh, an outstanding track. Uh, like I said, it, it could be my favorite track Alex has ever made. It's really hard to say because he's made quite a few of my all-time favorite songs, but you know, with time, I guess we'll see where this lands, but this, you know, even just knowing the song for like a few weeks now, it, it is just phenomenal, just a, a grand piece of work, um, absolutely love it. Uh, and then we have one more song, which is uh, Forgive, um, kind of one last like folk rock hurrah for the record, uh, throwing in this kind of menacing, grungy electric guitar to sit underneath that folky almost banjo-like guitar, and Alex's loud, expressive vocals. Uh, lyrics vaguely focusing on, kind of, you could tie this into religion a little bit, uh, you know, the concept of forgiveness and letting things go. Forgive yesterday, I choose today, we build castle upon castle upon air. Uh, just great lyrics here, very simple, but just like true to the heart. Um, and that fuzzed out twangy guitar solo at the end is super cathartic and uh, just a fantastic way to close out this new chapter. And, uh, you know, before he came back on stage and did the encore, this was like the quote unquote closing song. And he was even kind of joking. He was like, all right, we're going to walk off the stage now and pretend to go home. Uh, and uh, people kept calling for an encore. He said, we're not doing an encore. And then, you know, he was pulling your leg, but, uh, he did come back on, but this, you know, for the initial set was a really incredible closer. And then of course the encore was also incredible. I think he played like seven songs for the encore. A lot of the, uh, older stuff from like years and years ago. Um, but yeah, anyway, enough about that. Um, I love this record and, uh, you know, as soon as it's over, I find myself instantly wanting to go back to the very beginning with after all, and just, listen all the way through again. Um, as I said before, there's a certain magic in Alex's music, and he just somehow keeps getting better and better with age throughout the years, and uh, that's why he's one of my all-time favorite artists, like definitely a top 10, like top 10 even including bands, not just solo artists. Um, 
I think he's just incredible. One of the most important songwriters that we've ever had, to be honest. Um, easily a five out of five record. Um, pretty uh, strong contender for, uh, you know, album of the year. I guess we'll see where it lands. But uh, feeling extremely positive on this one. Uh, love some Alex G. Uh, definitely go check this record out if you haven't. Um, you might not get all of it on first listen, but just be patient with it. Um, and I feel, I feel like most people would at least like the singles from this a good bit. Uh, I've seen a lot of, uh, positive reactions to those, but yeah, anyways, uh, Alex G, God Save the Animals, a masterpiece, five out of five, easily. Next up, we've got The Garden with Horseshit on Route 66. Uh, what an album title. I can't believe it's already been about two and a half years since the last garden record um back in the early days of 2020 right before the pandemic hit i liked a few songs in 2018 and 2019 but i'll always associate those early days of covid with this band because that's when i dove head first into their catalog um although i was more of a fan of say like mirror might steal your charm from 2018 I was still pretty into uh, that last record, Kiss My Super Bowl Ring. It felt extremely chaotic in their classic way, but also with the sludgy new electronic sound that hadn't really been there before. And uh, they've definitely tried a few different things throughout their career. I mean, if you've ever heard this band, um, you know that Wyatt and Fletcher are pretty unique, to say the least. Uh, very creative guys. Uh, pretty out there, but um, that's part of their charm, and uh, through all of the odd attempts at making like club bangers, making sort of like straightforward pop rock tunes here and there, you've got surf rock moments, ska moments, drum and bass moments, uh, and you've got this like overarching, like slightly unnerving, spooky gestures and clowns aesthetic that is just a central part to their image. Um, the music revolves mostly, though, around their roots as just genuine punks with a very modern sense of humor. Um, I believe even their father was a punk in the old days. Um, I could be wrong about that, but um, if that's true, it makes total sense. And uh, this album right here is straight away an instant return for uh, the straightforward punk rock sound. Uh, there are definitely elements of their other sounds here, but... This one to me feels more condensed to one kind of thing. Um, although there is definitely like a horror element to this music. Um, I'm not sure if you'd call it horrorcore exactly, but whatever the hell it is, it rules. And it is so appropriate for the upcoming Halloween holiday. Um, I feel like I haven't given a lot of love to like a raw punk type of release this year so far. So... Finally, here is my chance uh, getting into the tracks. Hitting the nail on the head with the horror aesthetic is the opening track, uh, hilariously titled Haunted House on Zillow. It starts off with samples of people speaking of ghost sightings uh, before you get these like hilarious ghoulish sound effects and this incredible thrash punk backing track with lyrics about literally buying a haunted house on the market. It's something like, uh, buy a house on the market, 
something like that. Um, just a lot of fun, uh, really cool opener. Uh, then you have OC93, uh, which kicks in next with that classic sound that made me fall in love with the band in the first place. Uh, the drums and bass being thick as ever, sounding like a garbage truck just plowing through your ha uh, house and just destroying everything. Um, it's just a fun, like, I'm the shit kind of anthem. I love the recurring line, let me burn like a third degree. And those shouted vocals are incredible. That surfy guitar line is just infectious. Uh, Puerta uh, de Limousina feels sort of of a piece with Kiss My Super Bowl Ring. Uh, mainly because of those drums that sound so fast that it's almost painful to imagine someone even playing those parts. Uh, the instrumental is just chaotic and the vocals are buried. Um, the best part easily about this track, though, is the electronic drums near the end, the kind of drum and bass thing. Um, it's interesting how they kind of weave between organic and electronic drums. Uh, Freight Yard was the first track released from this record, if I recall correctly, and it's already earned its place as one of those classic garden singles, in my opinion, uh, balancing the abrasive and almost industrial-style bass and drums with just the great pop hooks, uh, you know, I keep my door shut in case you motherfuckers come trying to kick it down. Just a badass line right there and a badass hook. Um, the little guitar line in that in the title track, uh, Horseshit on Route 66, um, easily one of my favorite moments on the whole record. Um, it kind of reminds me of something like the drums would have made on, you know, songs like Money. It's catchy and surfy, but... Then you throw in that sludgy, disgusting bulldozer of, like, punk rock sound underneath it. Um, it's just a great track, um, and the bass is especially phenomenal on this track. What else could I be but a gesture is the most electronic thing you'll get on here. It feels like they hadn't made a reference to gestures in a little while, so it's nice to hear that essential part of their aesthetic being brought back to the forefront. And I mean, you have this album cover with them dressed like that, um, which I, I love this album cover. I think it's badass. I think it's so cool. Um, was super excited when I saw the album cover. I knew this was going to be a good one. Uh, then you have X marks the spot, which has these almost tribal sounding drums and uh, the electric guitar on here sounds awesome. Um, another track that bounces back and forth between organic and electronic. That part in the middle where it keeps rapidly switching between those crazy fast drum breakdowns and then little jazzy drum fills is just a true testament to this band's true talent as musicians. Um, moving on from there, we have Orange County Punk Rock Legend, which maybe this was the first single, not Freight Yard, I can't remember. Um, either way... This song got me hyped as fuck when the music video dropped. Um, it felt like when I saw, like, Call This Number Now and uh, Thy Mission, those music videos for the first time, uh, the guy's sense of humor and personality is just so contagious. And uh, on this track, I love how they combine, like, the breezy acoustic, kind of, like, beachy-sounding acoustic guitars with like the distorted sludge fest of the rest of the track just a really really cool short track it's only like a minute and 40 seconds which this whole record is only 20 some minutes 
Uh, Chainsaw the Door is another irresistible track. Another one that's got a really cool music video now of them playing hockey, I think. Um, really cool music video, really cool song. Um, one of my favorites on here for sure. Those razor sharp electric guitar chords kicking it off before you get that super awesome like 80s jangling new wave type of riff, which kind of reminds me of something the Smiths would do after drinking like 20 cups of coffee and just going really fast. Um, and I love that hook. When I see that closed door, I'm going to chainsaw it through. When I see that closed door, I'm going to chainsaw it through. When I see that closed door, I'm going to chainsaw it through. Um, moving on from there, to my knowledge, the closest this band has gotten to making a Primus type of song is with the track uh, Squished Face Slick Pig Living in a Smoky City. Um, but I guess I only say that because of the way the song title is just repeated over and over, being kind of barked in a way. It kind of reminds me of like Les Claypool's type of vocal delivery. Um, and then you throw in that really meaty bass and uh, it's definitely the slowest and most brooding track on the whole record. Um, the instrumental also kind of reminds me of like the album Filth by Swans, just with how like disgusting it sounds and like industrial. Uh, it just sounds like you're in like inside of a factory that literally just makes like toxic sludge. Um, yeah, really cool track, but definitely really strange. Um, 20 minutes and some change later, the album ends with At the Campfire, uh, bookending the spooky theme that's established with the opener. There's this sample of like maniacal laughing that repeats literally over and over and over and over and over throughout the entire track. Um, you've got more lyrics with haunted house imagery as well as the line, I fell asleep while the fire blazed. And instrumentally, you get one more kind of like surf rock instrumental with a punk edge uh, before the last five seconds of the track just go into full psychotic mode and get really fast, and then it just ends. Um, like I said with the Alex G record, as soon as this record ends, you want to just throw it on again. It's just got this instant replay value that I love. Um, and I'm honestly, you know, like I said... Uh, had a lot of really great stuff that came out this month. I'm honestly feeling close to a 5 out of 5 on this thing. Um, you know, it's pretty different among my other favorites for the year. And it probably won't come out as my number one. Because uh, like I said, it's been a really fantastic year. But I still love it. I wouldn't skip a single track on it. I think it's an essential garden record. I think it's a true return to form. I think I prefer it over Kiss My Super Bowl Ring. And uh, yeah, just a great record, and I think The List needed an album like this. Um, can't wait to see where it lands at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, The Garden, Horseshit on Route 66, 5 out of 5, another one. Moving on from there, we've got Yeah, Yeah, Yes with Cool It Down. Uh, now, I've made it pretty clear on this show that um, my journey with indie and alternative music basically started in the late 2000s when I was roughly 12 to 13. And uh, at that time, I was finding a lot of buzzy bands online, like the kinds that people would write about on their blogs. Um, and, you know, I pretty much missed out on the initial run of Yeah, Yeah, Yes, but... 
I did get a chance to get into their 2009 record, It's Blitz, and I was pretty enchanted by the singles Heads Will Roll and Zero, which both got pretty heavy rotation on VH1 and MTV, I think. And uh, I have a very specific memory of being like 13 and like VH1 would have this video block that would run at like four in the morning called Nocturnal State and I would get up super early to get ready for school um, just so I could watch this little program because I thought the videos that they played in that block were cooler than the ones that they played during the day. Um, and they played the video for Heads Will Roll like all the time on that block and I remember thinking like this song is so cool, this video is so weird but so cool and uh, you know eventually I downloaded a bunch of their songs and uh, I don't know I was just really fascinated with how goth and gloomy but like how upbeat and fun and dancey the songs were. Um, it was like my first introduction to a kind of modern take on like a classic 80s new wave sound and you know from there I backtracked to the more uh, garage rock art punk whatever you want to call it kind of sound from the early to mid 2000s uh, hence songs like gold lion still being one of my favorites to this day um, and then you know moving on a few years from there I vaguely remember mosquito coming out uh, when I was about to graduate high school in like 2013 um, I have a very distinct memory of sitting in the computer lab. I had this quote-unquote class called Math Lab, which was essentially just like a study hall where we would just, you know, sit on computers and we were supposed to be doing our homework, but I was just sitting on Spotify and um, listening to like Sonic Youth or whatever. I know, I know, cool guy, cool kid. And uh, I remember being like, okay, I'm going to check out this new Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's record. Uh, it's called Mosquito. I listened to it. I didn't remember much of it. I just thought the album cover was kind of strange. But I, I kind of liked it for what it was. Um, and, you know, from then on out, with virtually no more music being released, I lost track outside of revisiting some of those older songs of theirs for nostalgia. And in, like, 2016, I think it was, I kind of remember that uh, solo album Karen O did called Crush Songs, which, you know, she also contributed a little bit to the Her soundtrack and Where the Wild Things Are a while before that. Um, so I had heard a little bit of her solo music, but I remember really liking the Crush Songs album in particular because it was just really stripped back and acoustic. I've always really liked her voice, and I kind of associate that record with uh, playing acoustic guitar for the first time because, you know, 2016, that's when I was really stepping up and trying to learn how to play guitar because uh, when I was really young, I would start and then stop and then start and then stop. But I was really like just dead set on actually learning that time. And um, yeah, I just associate that album with that for whatever reason, because that was around the same time. Uh, so yeah, that was 2016. And then flash forward to 2022. My music knowledge has definitely gotten deeper, as you would obviously expect with age. Um from time to time, I still bump the old, like, mega singles, like, of course, Maps, which is a masterpiece, uh, and I, I think back to the good old teenage days that, you know, like I said, weren't necessarily when that original stuff was being released, but still, it was a while ago, and then out of nowhere comes this new record, um, you know, like I said, I don't remember much of Mosquito, but 
to me, this picks right up where like it's Blitz left off. Uh, you've got that super gloomy canyon-like dream pop sound with some nocturnal dance grooves here and there. And, uh, you know, seeing all the promotion for this record, seeing Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs are back, and uh, seeing the first single uh, for this record featured Art Pop King Perfume Genius, who I have enjoyed for a while. I thought, hell yeah, you've piqued my interest. And uh, what do you know, just like turning a page, uh, spinning off the edge of the world, that first single opens the record. You've got those fantastic gated reverb style drums and that menacing driving electric, uh, electric guitar sound, which, you know, both of those things together provide this really amazing atmosphere that just engulfs you immediately. It feels like trying to find your way out of the heaviest fog, but in the best way possible. The ending, uh, like whirring electronic sounds really amp that vibe up too. And uh, the really drawn out dramatic vocals from Karen and Mike, AKA Perfume Genius, uh, throughout the song are perfect for what they're going for. And you know, they're a pair that I never would have thought of really, but now that you know it's in front of me and I can hear it, I absolutely love it. I think it works extremely well. And uh, this is just a killer opening track. It might even be my favorite uh, Yeah 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 song up to this point. It'd have to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Gold Lion. I still love me some Gold Lion. But anyway, not to harp on the past. Moving on from there, we have Love Bomb, uh, which has this soaring synth-like string sound, which feels like you're being gently carried through the Milky Way. The lyrics are as sparse as space itself, but they're amazing for that reason. Karen sounds really upfront on the microphone, but it's this really gentle, soft delivery the Stars Don't Fail Me Now uh, refrain with that kind of Phil Spector era style drum right behind it is just celestial. I mean, it is really beautiful. This is a breathtaking track. Uh, then you have Wolf, which is absolutely epic. And, you know, I'm not sure if it has been chosen as another single, but it damn well should. I think it could perform pretty well. Um, the song is just sultry, upbeat, fun doom and gloom dance pop at its finest. The music sounds eerie with the walls and walls of drums, bass, and synths. The synths giving way to this epic chorus part that sounds like a full orchestra translated to this really catchy, fun pop song. And, you know, Karen's lyrics about wanting to escape into the wild with this person just add to this grand cinematic mystery. Um, don't leave me now, don't break the spell, in heaven lost my taste for hell. Such a killer line, love that part. Uh, Fleas is a funky little dance tune with these stuttering drums and really chunky electric guitar on the chorus. It sounds straight out of a mystical forest. Even listening to this song early this morning at 6am when I'm barely awake, I still can't help but not move along to it. I love how expressive the vocals are on this track. And, you know, that weird little synth flute part near the end is super groovy. Uh, then you have Burning, which is incredible. I believe the second single after Edge of the World. I uh, could be wrong about that. But I uh, love this track, too. I love the way it starts with those big hypnotic church piano chords. And then the drums sounding like a heartbeat. And then that great fuzzed out guitar, which 
leads the track into going full-on dance mode, those grand synth strings coming back and giving the track this almost like disco feeling. Uh, the part near the end where almost all the music drops out and it's just her voice saying what you're going to do when you get to the water, just so good. Um, and then things go back into more of a sparse direction with Blacktop, um, mostly this robotic clicking drum beat and these minimal synths while you get more of that up close and personal singing that I mentioned before. The falsettos especially are great. Uh, and then you get sort of a lo-fi sound on the vocals for Different Today. It's got this great classic like indie charm to it. And then, you know, throw in that twinkly piano and the dance groove. Uh, and then the bass has a bit of a New Order feeling to it. Um, it's overall got the vibe of something you would hear while you're trying on clothes. But I mean that in a positive way because sometimes like clothing store music sucks ass and sometimes it's really good and I think this is a kind of good example of that um this track is just awesome and then uh you have Mars which ends the record with this really simple twinkly instrumental while uh Karen delivers this short spoken word piece about she and her son experiencing a UFO sighting it's touching and charming and I feel like it's an appropriate way to close out this record full of these really vast like spacey tunes um yeah i really wasn't expecting to love this as much as i did but i just really love it um and you know i hate to just give out fives like candy but i would not skip a single track on here and you know by that logic it it's a five out of five record um and i don't know it just reminds me so much of being younger and what made me fall in love with indie pop in the first place. Um, it's just a special record, and like I said, I feel engaged with every moment on it. Um, I don't know what to tell you. It's just been a really good year for music. I mean, lots and lots of amazing records this year. Um, really love this one. You know, I don't think it's going to be like in the top three or five, but it's, it's going to be pretty high up there. Uh, I've given quite a few fives out this year out of like the 200 some I've heard um yeah I, I I love this one cool it down by yeah yeah yes five stars now it's time to talk about a record uh from an artist who I have had basically no musical experience with um all of the other ones I picked for the month as you know I had some previous knowledge of the person or the band this one, all I really know is that I've seen her in Stranger Things and that she's the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Uh, but I'm not going to harp on that latter part for this whole review because I feel like that's the kind of lazy and easy thing to do. And while that is a really cool, interesting detail, uh, she's more than just that. And uh, I believe that here... Uh, with this album, Moss. She's presented us with quite the lovely little indie folk record that really should stand on its own, regardless of, you know, her connections. People want to talk so much about, like, oh, you have this famous parent or whatever. Like, I, I don't give a shit about that. Like, good music that comes from the soul is good music that comes from the soul. I, I don't care who it's from. And uh, I really like this record. Um, you know... I don't think I'm going to be able to get 
as into detail with this one as maybe the other records because it's really just like a straightforward singer-songwriter folk record. But, you know, I'm going to pretty much go through song by song like I usually do. Uh, so starting into that, uh, first up we have Backup Plan, which is a really delicate, touching opener. Um, I take it personally as a love song, but I guess it could be really interpreted as any other thing too. Um, but it continuously comes back to this line, I want to be anything you've lost that you might be looking for. And, you know, she throws all of these great metaphors out there as the song goes on. It's a really interesting opener. And as soon as I heard that song, I knew this record was probably going to be something special. Uh, then we have Bloomed Into Blue, which has these really poetic, almost like old English type of lyrics. And, uh, on top of the acoustic guitar that's all over the rest of the record, uh, there's this light stuttering drum beat, which I think is a really nice touch. Then we have Hiatus, which is a sweet, beautiful little song with great gentle backing vocals, uh, giving it this really pretty harmony. Um, the lyrics seeming to kind of hit the nail on the head about her experience being an actress and falling for an actor who doesn't feel the same. And, you know, not only is there uh, that kind of typical element of heartbreak, but there's also this dynamic of both of them having the same job, maybe working on the same movie or TV show, uh, who knows. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I love I love the lyrics on this song. Um, I really like the part where it goes, um, she was a late shift waitress with a poor heavy, now you're home on hiatus, does she hold a candle to me? I kissed my co-star in rehearsal anyway. Uh, you know, nothing like super fancy or anything, but just like very straight to the point and honest, and uh, I really admire it for that. Uh, moving on from there, uh, the closest thing to a sugary pop song that you'll get from this record, uh, funny enough, is the song Sweet Tooth, which has this upbeat, gentle driving beat and this little acoustic riff that just gets stuck in your head. Um, the outro with that repeated refrain, Big Sore Sweet Tooth, is just as dreamy as ever. Um, and now is probably the time to mention that apparently Taylor Swift, uh, her record Folklore was uh, a huge influence on this record. And of all of the songs on here, I probably feel that the most with Crazy Kid featuring uh, Will Greffe or Grafe, not sure how to pronounce that, I do apologize. Um, but this track actually reminds me a little bit more of Evermore. Um, I believe Evermore and Folklore are pretty different sonically, like people kind of throw them together, but I think there is a pretty clear difference there, and I think Evermore is a little more on the like brighter side of things, and I feel like this matches that a little bit more. Uh, the gentle, folky atmosphere paired with the really chill, lovesick lyrics traded between the two of them. Um, I love the line, it's cool in the shade of your shadow divine. Um, it, it does put me in the similar headspace as uh, Evermore. I, I definitely can see the uh, what she was going for with the Taylor Swift thing. Uh, then we have Luna Moth, where uh, I actually feel that influence on this track too. Um, this one taking a much sadder turn in the lyrics. Um, the lyrics expressing all of this guilt with the main refrain being, uh, I don't see why you would want me. If I could, I would be anybody else. Um, but what really gets me about this track is that little bit of fiddle towards the end, which 
gives it this rustic kind of country feel. Um, and then you have South Elroy, which has a little bit of twang too. Uh, and it's got really pleasant like stomping drums and these great like bassy deep backing vocals uh, that I think are a nice touch. Uh, then you have Therese, which is uh, in my opinion, a really profound piece of writing with a great indie pop slash folk blend behind it. Uh, it's a track that Maya uh, has spoken about a lot in interviews, uh, referring to a specific painting at the Met that she felt kind of inspired by. Um, and in the song, she's making an allusion to this girl being stuck in the painting and, you know, on a grander scale, how girls and women being stuck in this role and uh, they have all of these strange, fucked up expectations and roles put on them. And uh, I don't know, I just think it's a really interesting, smart song. Um, I love the line, she reminds me of memory sleeping off the growing pains. Um, great track. Uh, then we have Sticky Little Words and Over, which are both really pleasant songs, um, but they just don't do a whole lot for me. They just kind of come and go and I don't really remember much about them when they're over, but they're they're good for what they are. Uh, then you have Restless Moon, which really makes me wish she would hone this country-leaning sound um, as she does more records in the future. Like, maybe one day she could do a full-on, like, country record. I think that would be interesting. Um, I really like the kind of walking, melancholy acoustic guitar and the way she delivers the vocals that, uh, I don't know, the whole atmosphere of the song just sounds like she's just sitting on her front porch singing and playing. It's very up close and intimate and personal, and I like it for that. Um, I think Driver is another great piece of writing, like Therese. Um, it's somehow really personal, but kind of vague at the same time. Um, I love the line, uh, Now I'll tell you a secret that everyone knows. You remind me of my father, your attitude, your disheveled clothes. Thinking of you makes me happy. Happy that my father, he got free. Even though it hurt me, he can be whoever the hell he wants to be. And, you know, the first part of the song alluding to how she can try to recreate this time where her parents were happy by, you know, watching the movies and just kind of imagining these scenarios and maybe trying to recreate these scenarios from the past in her head. But no matter what, since it's not the real thing, it's always going to come off as kind of calculated and very obvious that it's just like a daydream and... um I don't know, just something about this song is uh, really, like, magical to me. Um, it feels like something that kind of comes out of the classic American songwriter ethos, along with, you know, someone who did it a long time ago, like Joni Mitchell. Like, it feels like she, Maya Hawk is one of the, I'm not comparing the two necessarily, but it feels like she's one of the many, like, singer-songwriters that's just carrying on this true blue style of writing that I really admire and uh, I think is uh, gonna draw a lot of people into this record and whatever she does into the future um, but getting into the closer now we have Mermaid Bar which I think is a really touching beautiful closer with uh, some of the most poetic lyrics on the whole record um, I take it as a song about wanting to end things pondering a jump into the sea um, and maybe doing it only to survive and kind of find your place in the sea and uh, realizing that you can still find the tools you need to get your footing back in life and regain control. Uh, some of the instrumental on this track reminds me of The Golden Age by Beck, 
off of Sea Change, which is my absolute favorite Beck song. So it's a very high compliment. It's very high praise. Um, really gorgeous closer. I, I'm very mystified by it every time I listen to it. Um, overall, for now, I'm feeling like a light 4.5 out of 5 on this record. Um, you know, with this only being her second album and her being only 24 or 25 years old, I'm not sure uh, which one exactly, um, which is only two to three years younger than I am. Um, she's definitely an artist to watch. Um, like I said, some wonderful, captivating songwriting. Uh, yeah, Maya Hawk with Moss, uh, 4.5 out of 5. And uh, that's going to do it for this very, very long uh, September roundup. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope that um, if you don't know any of the records that I talked about, that you'll uh, give them a spin if they sound interesting to you. Um, I love sharing music with people. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't listen to this, and that's fine by me. It's just an outlet for me because I love to talk about uh, what I've been listening to and what I'm into and uh, just sharing, you know, kind of sifting through all of these new releases because obviously there are so many, but, you know, sifting through all of them and like f picking out a few to just share with my friends, that's just uh, really important to me and, uh, you know, music means more than anything in the world to me and uh, I'm really grateful to, you know, be here on this planet and uh, just have access to so much wonderful, beautiful music and uh, yeah. I'm feeling pretty happy with life and uh, pretty happy with doing this show, really happy with these records, and uh, I hope happiness for you as well. Um, peace out and be well, and I'll catch you next time.